After the times when those, uh, uh, God, what was this thing called? What is wrong with you? The Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch has started shipping out to uh, outlets, at least. Yeah. yeah. Not out to consumers just yet. Nope. That'll be... That'll be GDC week. So, That'll T-minus be a week and an hour day. and a half from now. Um, from I mean, the guy who's joining me is Arthur Geese, owner of a Nintendo Switch. Yep. And James Faulkner, who's touched the Switch. I touched it. I touched, it put it in my hand. You touched my switch. So <laughs> it is cool. here. Well, you've also touched my switch. I have not touched it. Yeah, no. I mean, it was cool to touch because I haven't touched one at all. It's a. Uh, oh, really? You hadn't like done at a store or anything? Nope. So smaller than I thought from pictures in some ways. The screen is is quite large. Yeah, for always. what it is. Wait, the screen's fine. No, I was just saying like the Joy Cons and everything were a little bit smaller than I think I thought they were. Yeah, and even the hardware itself. I thought I thought it was. It's very bigger. nondescript sitting there. Like no. the only reason you can really even tell it's on on the entertainment center is because it's got the Joy Cons plugged in because that's how they charge. And it's the the neon ones too. Yeah, yeah, that's what they sent. Yeah, not what I pre ordered. I pre ordered the gray. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a cool little piece of hardware. I I my initial feelings with touching it was uh, I feel like it's a little awkward to reach up to like the A Y X B buttons, but I feel like that was true in the, the Wii U gamepad as well. Yeah. I think the, the, the most immediate comparison I would make is the three DS and the new, the new three DS specifically. Yeah. Um, because that's what it feels like. It feels like the sides of a new three DS broken off and put next to a much nicer piece of hardware. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, like I was just thinking like, I mean, obviously, I'll play it for first-party Nintendo stuff, but uh, I was thinking, you know, like, it'd be weird if I was reaching up to constantly reload with the X button on this and stuff like that would feel weird, you know? So, uh, Which, I mean, I I think that uh, I'll I'll sort of know more tomorrow because that's when it's showing up, but the Pro Controller, from my understanding, is a considerably better experience to use. That's what I would guess, too, because, like, you know, the Pro Controller probably has, like, full human-sized shoulder buttons instead of little nubbins. It's not just that. It's that the the sticks and the buttons are at angles like a normal controller like the playstation 4 or even xbox one controllers are not just like stick below buttons there's like a sort of offset diagonal alignment uh and and these are vertical like yeah because it's using it in the joy con grip which is like the little piece of plastic that they sell that you dock the two joy cons which are the the two left and right halves into to make a sort of traditional controller like it's a compromise it's taking handheld hardware and putting it into a controller configuration but like the sticks are not tall like they don't have a ton of range of motion and it feels very much in keeping with a device that you would throw into a bag and not want very tall sticks in because they could snag on things or break um whereas the the pro controller doesn't have those problems the sticks are taller the the tops are are bigger uh, the range of motion is better. Um, yeah. It's, so. It sounds like for serious gamers, uh, the, the Pro Controller might be If you're going to play games on your TV, yeah, I think that you should probably get a Pro Controller. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I'm like, um, I don't know how I'm going to play it. Not yet. 
for not the least of which reason is that there are some pretty serious reliability issues with the joy cons right now yeah um, and yeah. i don't know if they'll fix it yeah in the time that i got to your apartment which was uh we actually here about an hour when I saw it do the desync four times in about twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, which was more than usual. Yeah, and does it de- and it and it can desync even when they're, I mean, because even when they're snapped in. So desync is not accurate, and I feel a little dumb because I'm the one that's been saying that. I've been seeing it sort of snowball, and I don't know if it's because of what I said or what, but it's not that it's desyncing; it's that the signal is getting lost or blocked somehow because the system sees that the controller is connected it knows the controller is connected right right right. but something is happening to the signal and it's losing it but and they aren't physically connected other than snapping in place when they're on the sides right on the joy con they're just being held in place there's no hardware on the controller they're on the system they are connected okay there's a data connection because it knows exactly when they're connected and that's how it how they charge and can it can it lose sync sorry can it get signal problems when they're hooked in? Physically? No reviewer that I've talked to online has had the problem doing that, but about half of the people that I've talked to about when it have experienced it in the Joy-Con grip okay. or just separate by themselves. Huh. Which is and It's not like you have like a ton of Bluetooth signals flying everywhere. No, but I don't think it's Bluetooth. It's it it's almost like it's some kind of combination of IR and wire and like radio signal. Hmm. And there has there have been other people who've had the problem, so it, like it's yeah a lot. Uh, there and I guess Game Explain or whatever the hell did a video of the, the dude showing how he lost signal like by proximity of his hand to specific areas next to the controller. Um, so I, I mean, it's one thing if you're holding the Joy Cons sort of independently and you put them within range of different things, but this is in the grip. Like, there's no other place to hold that the joy cons in the grip adapter than where it it wants you to hold them Hmm. and so to put those in there and and have that not be an ideal scenario for signal is really bad that's a real problem and i don't know that it's one that they can fix with firmware man so i and i don't i don't know if that's like a design flaw if it's something they can fix or if it's like something that the next one will have fixed but it is like a serious problem yeah. Um, unless you're just going to play it as a handheld all the time, in which case you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I feel like that's what I might do, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I that's just I don't know yet. Yeah. yeah. For my at least the first week for me, I'm doing PAX East and South by Southwest, so like I'll it'll be a portable, portable console for me. Except portable that you'll probably still play in a hotel room on a bed or something. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm probably still have to bring the docks charge. Uh, do you? Do you have a, it, do, a new it, MacBook? For work no i did i uh although i could get USB-C. that's cords. interesting i, I would have thought I that know. it was just like maybe a USB-C that plugged into the like a dock and then maybe you could just plug it straight into the console and not go into the dock the sure. the the power cable that comes with it plugs into the dock via USB-C, but you can also just go straight from that power connector into this that's okay so you could just take it with you as a portable yep. charger okay that's or you could charge it through any USB-C charger yeah, I don't have one of those yet. So, yeah. well, very few people do. But. Yeah, uh, I mean, I do like the fact that it takes just a micro SD. And I was actually, I even looked at my uh, Nintendo DSi the other day, and even that just took an SD card. I was like, you know, at yep. least Nintendo's never done proprietary memory shit of any of the many many things that they fucking don't do right. Sure, that is one thing that I appreciate. I mean, 
as a counter to that, the pro controller is seventy dollars. I can totally hear that. And when I, think, I saw all like, the extra docks are sixty. Yeah, and the charging dock is really crazy, and I, all that stuff. Um, I was like, and the Joy Cons themselves, I was like, they're like ninety bucks for a pair or something, and yep. I was like, I was like, this is crazy. Like the accessory prices are crazy, and I got suckered into it with my Wii the very first time. Never again. Never again. Although, That's right? Uh, oh, and I'm. What? I was going to say, I guess we kind of give Microsoft a pass for the Elite controller, but that thing was marketed as like, hey, you... D- this right. is- I mean, that's not like... The, there's the nobody defends yeah. the price of the Elite controller. Yeah. Everyone who buys an Elite controller say, says, no, it's too much money. Yeah. Like, it's but, just... It's a really nice. Yeah, it's a very good, it's a very good controller, which but, is like, we'll see with the, the Pro, like, how good that thing is. It's not... I don't think it's $70 nice. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I could be wrong. It's showing up in, like... 14 hours or so uh but uh yeah i as far as a handheld device goes the thing that i said on twitter earlier is worth mentioning if you cannot hold a vita comfortably for a long period of time i don't think that you're going to have any better of an experience with the switch Mm. oh i don't like hearing that don't like i mean it's basically the same shape no no no, you're not wrong yeah the vita is like fine but yeah it's not like something i really i think the the stretch for on your thumbs between the buttons and the sticks is a little higher but and like the sticks are offset yeah as opposed to just sort of uniform and parallel yeah but uh no i mean like i've already felt that sort of straining that stretching i almost think i like the um from my little experience touching it i like the the triggers on the vita or not triggers, but the uh, bumpers on the Vita more than I like the bumpers on this thing because they're like slivers. On yeah, this. that's the thing. They're very, very thin. I don't. I, I haven't really had a problem with it so far. But again, I just there are some things about it that inherently feel like the compromise of this is the thing that will go in people's bags as opposed to this is the thing that will sit on someone's coffee table. Um, <laughs> but. I mean, I still got my pre-ordered, and after I touch it, it's not like I'm like got to cancel my pre-order. No, and I mean, did you feel like that? Did you feel a little better holding it and looking at it? I thought it was cool. Like immediately, I think there is that first like, "Wow, this is cool." Yeah, that little, sense of potential. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not like it's all bad. Like there are definitely things that I really like about it. Uh, games don't have to install; they just hmm. work. You put the card in, and they work. Wow. Yeah. 2017 <laughs> uh and i mean i get why they why they have to install on the other consoles like that makes sense to me i'm not com- complaining about that i'm just saying that like it is a nice change of pace to once again just be able to put the disc in i just think it's especially for nintendo like if it didn't work that way like there's so much about like hey we don't want to don't want to complicate things so like let's uh, like having that system of updating and everything is not great it's not a great system or a great like process for you like oh i bought the disc i can play the game right for like people who are uninformed it's like nope you gotta gotta wait you gotta wait um it doesn't feel like a toy the way that previous nintendo stuff has um i feel like i feel like the this does the joy con grip this is like without the controllers in it yeah but there's like a sort of matte finish and a fit and finish to it that i think doesn't feel as as sort of fisher pricey it's just the the plastic it's great light yeah yeah like, well, it doesn't have anything in it. That's true. Well, I was like, no, I was like more talking about like the plastic quality. No. I just don't particularly like it's. It's uh, it's it's okay. It's just it's it's weird. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. It's just it's very d- diminutive. It's very small. Mm. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, the the UI is very fast. It's very slick. It comes up very quickly. Like the settings are easy to find. It's not plagued by bubbles like the fucking Vita UI is. It's not like some weird Fisher Price toy computer OS like the 3DS is. <laughs> uh, it just it's very usable. It's very obvious. Everything works. There's a dark theme, which is like a thing that I appreciate as someone who looks at bright screens all day and has a screen that is especially bright. Yeah. Um, the, the novelty of taking it as a, like from the mobile, like portable part and then putting it in the dock and then immediately showing up on the TV if you're on the right input. Yeah. Without, without really any fanfare or rigmarole, it just works. Yeah. Um, which is the thing that we just haven't been able to use with consoles for a long time. There's a lot about it that just works. Like when you plug the, the joy cons into the sides there's a little visual and audio indicator, that little snap that it makes when you plug the Joy-Cons into either side of the system. Um, and they mostly just detect and work. Um, yeah, I, it's just like there's just like so many weird little annoyances, though. Like having to charge the Joy-Cons by connecting them to the system sucks. Yeah. It's a shitty solution. Uh, like if you don't want to play it handheld, then there's no way to charge and play at the same time. And that that's dog shit. Also, the Joy-Cons are depleting at different rates. Hmm. Like, I think the left one seems like it drains faster than the right one. Uh, they take a long time to charge. The system itself actually takes kind of a long time to charge as well, um, which isn't unusual for a tablet. Tablets tend to take a while to recharge, but... It's just weird that you get maybe two and a half hours with Zelda and it would take more than that for it to charge fully. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm i not going to cancel my pre-order. I think that there's some really cool shit about it. I think it's got a lot of potential. I think that unless what we say about Zelda in the next half hour is something that like just really makes you crazy excited that you could wait and that you wouldn't be missing out on much for a while mm-hmm. because there's a ton that we don't know about the system and won't know until immediately before launch. Like there is a day one update that is still not up in there, which means that th- there's no eShop on the switch right now. Like we don't know how that stuff works. We don't know how the account system works. We can't download accounts. We, there's like basic online and network connectivity functionality. That's not there yet. Hmm. How do you feel about Zelda? It's. I'm trying to think of how to put this. Uh, it's really, really good. Like it's really good. I'm really enjoying it, and in in a way that I have not with a 3D Zelda maybe ever. Yeah. Like I Zelda kind of lost me with Ocarina of Time, and I think and a lot of people love Ocarina of Time. That's fine, but I think that that's when the series sort of lost its way and has sort of like sporadically found it and lost it over and over again. And basically every 3d Zelda has been a successor to Ocarina as opposed to the original sort of Zelda trilogy. Um, and this game feels in a lot of ways like, uh, a link between worlds did. And yeah. Like, it, it feels like, like it's like the crafting and everything's very similar to like a, a lessons learned, applied to a 3d right and i mean the 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 lessons from other games are very clear Mm -hmm. uh and i'll get to those in a second but 
the biggest change in philosophy that a link between worlds had was that there was essentially no big tutorial. Like you were doing stuff right away. Uh, it didn't make you jump through a million hoops to get all the items because it just, it assumed your level of intelligence to know what they did and that you could figure it out in game and just let you rent those items. And if you died, then you lost them. Um, and so it's sort of philosophy of puzzle design was very different. The previous Zelda's because it wasn't like, here's the dungeon. This is the item you get in the, in the dungeon. And now you need to use it to figure out all the things you couldn't do before. But first you have to use the item from the last dungeon to get into it. Like yeah. none of that is present. The, the main puzzle solving tools that you need, you get in the first section of the game consecutively in these shrines that are like mini dungeons dedicated to each of those things. And then from there on out, it's like, cool you fucking figure out the other ones and it might take one of them it might take two of them it may take all of them used in concert to figure these puzzles out but you can do it um and the game that you're playing 15 minutes in does not feel different in its sort of demands or respect of your intelligence than the game that's five or ten hours in and that's that's a huge difference that this is the first time I played a Zelda where in my head, because I was playing, I was capturing as I was playing because that's my fucking job. Uh, and I wasn't happy with some of the ways that I performed in certain spots. And I was like, you know, I could just start it over and play through that part really fast. And there has not been a Zelda made other than the link between worlds in the last 10 years where you could play through the first section of a Zelda game in less than like six or seven hours. Yeah. And in this, you could blast through the beginning part of this game in like 15 minutes, probably, hmm. if you were fast about getting the spots and skip past dialogue. Huh. Um, so there is a fundamental respect for players' intelligence in this game that Nintendo games in general have really fucking dropped the ball on for a really long time. Yeah, um, Nintendo as a company has erred towards the overbearing tutorial in every game with maybe the exception of mario yeah that's like the one i was thinking of like not so much in that one but yeah mario uses systems to teach you how to play it and i think that this game actually does an okay job of that but it also does it in a gigantic open world context um there's been a lot of talk about how big the the game world is and nintendo's really played that part up and it can feel like marketing this game is fucking gigantic yeah when i when you let me play for a bit i like uh fucked gl- around for fu- a minute yeah and then i walked up to a cliff and i was like oh i wonder if this like you just like jump down the bottom of the cliff and like nope it's like a, a chasm that you can go down and like and it was just and i had to get up to where you were yeah yeah and like it, it was mind-blowing in a way where i was like i didn't expect to come up to that space and there to be like well it's not just one drop it's like five drops down into like this ravine and there's stuff down there and there's i can see every, everything in the distance and and that was like one section of the map yeah one very small yeah. corner of the map not even corner just like chunk of corner yeah um so it's gigantic it takes a long time to get from place to place that's sort of one complaint i have is that like it really makes you work to get different modes of egress like mm-hmm. if you're going to use the glide you have to get really high for it to mean anything uh and it doesn't like it takes stamina (laughs) everything in this fucking game takes stamina you can climb up almost any wall uh you can swim right away you can glide pretty early on but all of these things take stamina yeah i saw that uh little circle bar green bar that appears and once you run out of stamina you fall like if you're climbing you start sliding down 
uh, if you're in the air, you let go of the glider. Like if you're in the water and you run out of stamina, you you fall under and get transported back to the shore. Um, but uh, like running takes stamina, so you can't really run from point A to point B. That's, that being said, like the like default speed is is relatively it's fine. It's fine. It's not. Also, it, do you eventually get a horse? So you can find horses. Ah. Uh, but you have to to mount them, and then it hopefully if they're like their coloration dictates how wild they are and the more wild they are the harder they are to tame i see um and so you can find horses and take them to uh stables and board them and that allows you to then call those horses are they limited use i don't think so it's like it's this whole fucking game but there's like a hierarchy of horses like you find better and better horses and there are some animals that i think that you can ride that aren't horses yeah like I think you can ride. How do you bulls. feel about the weapon stamina? So uh, durability. So attacking doesn't use stamina, but yeah, weapons have durability. And so far, I haven't found a weapon that's permanent. And honestly, it's kind of a buzzkill. Like it's it's neat, consistently finding more powerful weapons. Um, and that's, I guess, the trade off. And that as you go to better places, as you kill enemies that you find there, you'll find their weapons and be able to use them. And then suddenly, you are competitive again. Yeah, it's just that I've played other games like a Zelda clone Darksiders where you found more better weapons, but you didn't lose. It didn't break. You know, you didn't have to find a new one. You just kept on progressing. It does force some interesting decision making as far as like, do I use this powerful thing in a situation where I might break it? I see. Because if an enemy has a shield and you're using a sword, then that's a really good way to break your weapon. Uh Um, If you need to put something in stasis and hit it with a weapon to make it shoot off when the stasis wears off, then you want to use a blunt weapon. Cause if you smash your sword into it a bunch, you're just going to destroy it. I killed a guy, a lizard man and he dropped like nine things. And I was like, what is all this crap? Of- so there's a crafting is a pretty huge part of the yeah. game. Uh, so the influences that this game takes in are both obvious and not, I think the, I think that the, there will be a number of dark souls comparisons because enemies will kill you. Oh yeah. This game will kill you at the drop of a hat. Like, it is by far the hardest Zelda game that they've ever done. Um, And it's not like in Zelda 2 where you get to a point where it was hard. It was like where you weren't supposed to be and it kill you fast. Like, where you're supposed to be will kill you in this game pretty quick. And it doesn't give you heart containers left and right the way that other games did. Yeah, when uh, when I was playing, there was a giant lizard man, these two, like, shock jellies. Yeah. and the first one I took down pretty easily. I also was just like running, was running away and like, like figuring out the, the controls and, um, the lizard man, uh, I think he had like an ax and he slashed and hit one of the jellies and it shocked him, <laughs> which caused him to think drop, drop his, his ax. But also he took a little bit of damage from that, which I thought was just a cool interaction. Yeah. But then the second one, uh, I messed up on like a dodge but, or like running away and he took four or five heart containers in one hit yep. um and then i was running away and he hit me once once more and I, you died and you i think you had like set you have seven right now yeah which is which is hilarious because i've been playing the game for like 20 or 25 hours at this point um and how, yeah how do you get you get more health and, so uh defeating uh 
specific like story dungeons will give you a heart container uh scattered throughout the world are these dungeons that are much more more similar to what i think people conceive of when they think of zelda dungeons which Mm -hmm. are just shrines uh which are puzzle challenges uh some of them are combat challenges but for the most part they're puzzle challenges where you have to use your abilities which are runes uh to unlock a series of gates and get to the end which will give you like this uh point which and it takes four of those points to get either a heart container or increase your stamina bar (laughs) um and so far i think i've done like 25 of those and honestly they're some of the best puzzle solving that i think zelda has ever seen is this game still revolve largely around the idea of doing various temples or like you know dungeons um kind of Although, honestly, I've only done one proper dungeon. I spent much more time getting to towers to unlock the map, uh, which is very much an Assassin's Creed thing where, like, to get... You can go wherever you want, but your map won't fill in. It'll just be, like, an empty blue thing with, like, a bunch of shit on it. Uh, But as you get to these towers, if you can get to the top and sync up, then it'll fill in that section of map. Yeah, is Ganon a bad guy in this? I can't discuss that. Okay, I just I guess I was just kind of I'm curious like how Zelda is and how much cuz you know they've done different it's things where really like It's really Zelda. It's Zelda in a way that they haven't done before. Um I mean aside from the fact that there are voiced cutscenes in the game, hmm. which is a first for I Zelda. I guess I was just wondering cuz when you play something like uh God, what was Wind Waker, you know, they were talking about the legend and you're in the legend of the little boy that They do, do that blah, blah, blah. for every Zelda game. Yeah. Every Zelda game has like the legend of of link of the knight of the triforce or whatever right right um so but as far as game styles like there's the assassin's creed stuff with like climbing and traversal which is like like link is a hipster in the bay area he rock climbs all the time yeah uh the there is a extremely involved cooking and crafting system where you can cook different foods that give you different bonuses in addition to getting hearts and one of the new things is that there are certain foods or elixirs that you can eat or drink that give you extra temporary hearts. So like, I think that you saw that you died at one point and then you came back and you had like these yellow hearts. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Those are temporary. Uh, just like you can get temporary extra stamina. Cool. Um, pop one of those before a boss fight or something. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the other thing is that like it requires preparation, like something like say the witcher. I think that there's like a gotta distinct, apply my potions to yep, my swords. There, are, there are definitely potions that you would take to prepare yourself for specific bosses. Like if there's an electric boss, there's a good chance he's gonna just ruin you unless you take a potion that increases your electric resistance or fire or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, there's definitely that just that idea of preparation that sort of pervades things like Dark Souls and The Witcher. The idea that you need to understand the world that you're in and be prepared for it. And that if you are not prepared for it, and if you are not careful, it will kill you to show you exactly how prepared and careful you need to be. Um, the game is stupidly pretty. It is extremely pretty. Uh, it's not 1080p on, mm-hmm. on my TV on the switch, but it looks good yeah. still. Um, it looks good on the Switch's screen. Um, just the, the visual direction is extremely strong, and I feel like there is a sense of place in this that no other Zelda has ever really come close to. Like, they've all had really good visual vocabularies, for sure. But this feels like 
it's the cliche, but it applies. It feels like the world that has been lived in. And in some ways it's a little post-apocalyptic. Um, there's like, there's like ruins and, and like dead machines everywhere. And like, there's a very future tech thing, which you saw, if you've seen any of the trailers like this, there's this weird, almost sort of Hyrulean matrix script that you see all over the place because there is a high technology in play that is from like a dead civilization before time. Yeah, basically. Uh, and I'm trying to, I want to make sure that I don't break embargo with anything I'm saying, but like, there's just some really bad shit happened and people weren't able to keep it from happening. And that is evident everywhere. And it's a beautiful game frequently, but it is a very menacing game in spots. And yeah, uh, I worked I worked around to another point on the map and, uh, Mount, Mount doom. I keep on calling that death, death mountain. mountain, death mountain, death mountain is such a, like, it's such a cool like visual landmark wherever you are on the map because you can pretty much see it and it's like it has a very like very striking right and Hyrule yeah. Castle as yeah. well yeah um, um, but it, like it's just things like that where and that existed in, in some of the other Zelda, like 3D Zelda games but in this especially it being open world and the way it is being able to go anywhere and, and kind of just being able to like like swivel the camera around and you're like oh okay I know it's, things are like generally in that direction. And it's as an open world game. It, it's interesting because I think it's Nintendo's first open world game. I think. I think. Does that sound right? I mean, I guess. I mean, if you, were, I guess, some games like Sunshine could, I guess, be referred to, but uh-huh. they also had levels like well, yeah, hub world. Wind Waker, you went around that sea map a little bit. And stuff. Oh, I guess that's true. I guess the other Zeldas are kind of open worlds, but nothing like this. It's never been like an open world game as we understand open world games now. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like a first effort in the way that a lot of game companies or developers first open world games did like mirror's edge catalyst was an example of a game last year where it felt like dice's first open world game. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't feel that way. It's full of things to see and like stuff to draw your attention and sort of distractions, but it's not, just assaulting you with objectives at any given moment. It's not full of stupid fetch quests. In fact, it I feel like it has less fetch quests than almost any comparable action RPG I can think of, and that's definitely a good thing. Um, it's it, full of fast travel points, but they're attached to shrines or towers. Um, do you have to beat them to unlock them? No. You just have to go to a shrine and sync it with your Sheikah tablet. Which is the little gamepad slash switch surrogate that Link carries with him that you get literally at the beginning of the game. Hmm. It sounds really cool. It is really cool. It's and like, and it's a launch game, which is like you know. Yeah, well, cool. it's a it's an epitaph and a launch game. Sure. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's a, it was supposed to. We how long ago was this announced for Wii U? Like four years ago or something? No, I think two thousand fourteen. There's three. That sound right? Yeah, that was three E3s ago. Oh god, there's an E3 coming up soon. Fuck, we need a book trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, yes, it's a Switch game, and yes, it speaks well for the console that it's launching with this. But it's also coming out on Wii U, which is a a version of the game that we have not seen. Uh, And performance-wise, this game has problems. Uh, On the Switch, it on my TV at least, I haven't spent a lot of time playing it on the gamepad because I don't want to because I would rather have it on my expensive TV than in my lap in a way that cramps my wrists. Uh, 
but it has some like pretty big frame rate issues in spots uh for reasons that i can't quite discern like it may it might be like streaming in parts of the world or something but hmm. uh but it's not 1080p it does have frame rate issues it's very pretty but it's clearly sub full hd or whatever the fuck um yeah and yeah, so I wonder if that'll be more apparent on games where they aren't so stylized right and what i wonder is is if it runs like that on hardware that should be at least a little more powerful than the wii u like what's it gonna run like on the wii u um, yeah at, which will almost certainly be at a lower resolution yeah um one thing uh one thing i will say that drives me insane in this game other than some small bits of fucking infuriating zelda logic uh which are blessedly few like there are very few obtuse really just head up its own ass kinds of puzzles in the game but there are a couple there are motion control puzzles and spots yeah baby which i i really would like to find the person that put them in there and just shake them sure because they're not good and the way that they calibrate to the position of the controller is bad and the the way that the camera hangs over them is bad and honestly there are parts of the game where the camera is really bad uh like scenery behind you is supposed to turn transparent when it swings behind you and you're in a fight or what just when it swings behind you like there shouldn't be anything including your view of link but that does not work all the time and that's especially a problem when you've got a bow um the control problems with the switch like the desyncing stuff has definitely killed me multiple times like james watched it kill me uh repeatedly um it killed me in my first 10 minutes of the game like it walked me off the edge of a very tall tower oh yeah okay (laughs) yep 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 yeah the audio file of link falling off something is pretty good he's like whoa (laughs) um so yeah it's not a perfect game but it is i don't know it's just like it's the kind of game where using superlative adjectives feels natural because it doesn't feel like an exaggeration to say that it feels like the most ambitious zelda game that they've done in a really long time um while at the same time there it doesn't there's not a lot of fear behind it like they're not worried that you won't know how to play the game and that's something that's really fucking hamstrung Zelda for a really long time. Um, and for Wii Zeldas and DS Zeldas, they were also plagued by a desire to sort of accommodate the gimmicks of their control methods. Like stuff like Spirit Tracks. But. Mm. Oh, know. yeah. 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 Remember the fucking point, the drag, the point and drag Zelda games? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it just feels like they took a lot of the lessons that they learned with uh, with A Link Between Worlds and how open that game was and how accommodating it was, but also like just how unafraid it was to buck Zelda convention. And, and they've done something similar in the 3D space, but much more ambitious, much more difficult in an era where people clearly have an interest in that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, well, and it's pretty good so far. I'm nowhere near done like i have so much left to do like i don't even know if i'm a quarter into the game yet and i think that focusing on doing shrines and going to towers and unlocking the map has been a mistake of getting it done for sure i'm sure um i i just think that like i've definitely wandered into areas that i should not be in 
Oh. And that has made it more difficult to get. Sure, if you're just trying to f- fill out the map, yeah, you'll wander into something where you're like, not it's just yet. Like, it's something that I can't help but want to do. Like, I'm like, okay, so there's a bunch of map. Cool, now I'm going to go reveal it. Because that's what you do. Um, it's like a so. weird loop on this uh, this controller holder for the Joy-Cons. It's like, I wonder if that's where you're supposed to put your wrist strap on or something. I assume that that's probably, like, maybe the wrist straps, like, hang there or something. Yeah. Um, so, have yeah. you have you played any Horizon Zero Dawn? I have not played Horizon, although I have it. I've been wanting to play that only because it's getting so universally received and well received, and I'm like, okay, now it's like I'm more interested in it being on my radar. You know, still a little sure. skeptical about the gameplay, but I want to know why everyone. I'd thinks like to see it on so my great. TV. I'd really like to see it on my TV with my PS4 Pro. I just haven't had time sitting in the box. <laughs> this is the type of problems Arthur has to face. Like I didn't want to. I didn't. By the weekend lately, I've been pretty burned out, and like the only game that I play is Dota, where I do other things, like I hang out with people, where I draw. Or I something. get that. My burnout game has still been XCOM Two. Sure, still going through my normal playthrough, and I will say just what I said last week, where I said there was that expansion that allowed your guys to kill boss monsters and turn. And I was like, man, it's a really cool boss fight. It's on this one map. I was wrong. It's <laughs> fucked up. That you you encountered the one, and I was like, cool, you encountered the one. But what I didn't realize, or maybe I missed some fucking cutscene or something, is that you will then encounter other boss monsters after that. Randomly in a mission. Randomly. And when they appear, it still does that every time you move at all or do take any action, they go. So when your team of six so guys... So they have Overwatch at all times? Well, no. Just they get a whole action, whatever it is. Not necessarily an Overwatch. Any t- so if your six guys take 12 actions, that dude got 12 moves for your six. Or for your for your six guys, he got he got to move every time. I moved, he goes. I shot, he went. I move, he went. Yeah, shot, he went. That's some bullshit. And yeah, and 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 they are devastating when they appear in a mission. Like there are missions, I'm like, I'm barely gonna make it through this, and then all of a sudden that thing appears, and I'm like, well, reloading. I'm like, how many people? Like sometimes he will uh, these boss monsters will knock someone unconscious, and I'm like, oh thank god, because at least if that guy's unconscious, the enemies will never kill them. So at least that guy is effectively down and out of the mission, but he's not dead. He can recover. <laughs> so, and 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 I will say the robots they added are very cute because uh, I lost Mitch in my mission because it populates with the guys from your previous playthroughs. So one of my Mitch clones was in my game, and he went on like seven missions and then got aced. And normally I would have reloaded, but that was one of those missions where I was like. Jesus Christ, that was probably... Oh, thank God, we only lost Mitch. <laughs> yes, that was it. I was like, that was probably as good as that's going to get. So we're just going to live with that. And so I, when I built one of those robots for the first time, I named it Mitch. It is now Mitch Reborn like RoboCop. <laughs> so the Mitch robot serving me well. I am a Canadian killer. <laughs> it, it totally has voice. Like, you can choose the voice you want for it. So, um, so yeah, so... Uh, like I had thought that maybe I'd play it on Monday, but then on Monday the switch showed up and that was like, well, then I guess everything else goes on hold because now the switch is here. Yeah. And then GDC. Yeah. GDC I mean, I don't know how much GDC I will honestly, be you, but I usually I would go and kind of like see a bunch of stuff and, and write some stuff up. But this year I, I just don't know because yeah, I don't think I'll go at all. I've got to write up the text, um, for, for the switch review based on a lot of opinions of polygon and zelda i'll, I'll be writing the review for um and the embargoes for that are before launch so Woo. yeah wednesday wednesday morning and thursday morning 
for we, we, the Switch you, and Zelda. Oh, so in that order? Yep. Hardware first. Okay, well, that's going to um, be a thing. Zelda is the only game I played on it. Yeah. No. Do you, oh. do you have other stuff? Nope, nothing yet. As far as I know, there's there's only like three games out, right? One, two, switch. Uh, one, two, switch is coming. Uh, Snipper Clips, I think, is launch uh, window. Yeah, it's it's like a week or so after, or week or but two it's after. Like, um, Bomberman is launch, but we don't have it. Oh, um, and the dance game, just dance. Just dance. I think that we just got it, but I'm not going to play that. Yeah, I feel like. And then Skylanders Imaginators is also yeah, on it, but their that's, launch lineup sucks balls. <laughs> yeah, it's. Like, the amount of stuff that's ready for launch is abysmal. Like yeah. there's, and it's going to be a bit before there's like the next game where you're like, Oh, thank God. Like red steel wasn't good, but at least it was like something ambitious and weird and new for the system. Like, I feel and you like convinced yourself you liked it a little bit. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly. Um, but yeah, I, I just, if you don't get one, I think that you, you might be sad. You don't have Zelda, but Zelda will come to the Wii U and Mario Kart is a port and Splatoon 2, I I don't know. I, I like the online may not even function correctly for that. There's yeah. a lot of unanswered questions. And so like I'm excited by the Switch. I would keep my pre order knowing what I know, and I will keep my pre order because I want the gray uh Joy Cons. It's also nice for you to have for your job. Yeah, I but there's like there's no telling whether or not purchases or accounts are easily transferred from one system to another. That's another question we don't have the answer to. And so now that like now that is You're my switch. Get to find out. Um, yeah, I'll find out pretty fucking soon. Or I, I guess. guess you could just take the switch that they give you and take off the joy. Cons. Yeah, that is exactly what's going to happen. Okay. Um, there are some other little things I like about it. Like you can actually there's an option to propagate game updates from one switch to another which is a nice touch. That's weird. Like it's not enabled yet, but it's an option that's listed and will be update enabled by a firmware I don't update. Know what that means like instead of downloading an update from the internet, you can download an update from another switch from your friend. Uh, huh? Which it's I think a weird the, option, but yeah, but I mean, it's very Nintendo. To I, offer that. I considering like the thing is like, Hey, yeah, you guys could all bring your, like say you get Mario Kart eight and one person that doesn't have everything. And, but your friend brought it theirs that is updated they could be like oh just well i'll just update off mine yeah like, I, guess I, so. I mean it's not a far cry from being able to download a demo version of the game that you could play together like mm-hmm. the right. could do it's very it's very in keeping with nintendo's thing um did you throw an sd card in there no okay but uh, someone is doing that at work tomorrow um yeah we we're before i got here we were watching john wick a little bit and i Which played anthony has not seen but i played the john wick vr game which Polygon's not wrong. I, I mean, on his nine, you know, the person that had it played it on 970 and it was running terribly. I have That's a 10, Ben VR Kuchera. I have a 1070 and it was still running bad. Like it was, oh, really, really? it was, it never, never enough to make me sick and VR games do make me sick, but it was like obviously framey and guys would die in ways that looked like, like the way when you see like the, the low intensity version of someone dying in a video game. Like sometimes you've probably seen it maybe in a battlefield or something like there's like a different number of frames of animation for right. a guy that dies like far the farther away, away you are like yeah. led changes there's background fps and it, foreground it, fps it, and so then yeah this would be like even guys up close would be like uh, 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 like down to the ground you know right. like and and man that game sucks like even for what like there are lots of games on the vive that are hang out in an area and shooting galleries They're just like throwaway garbage but like the serious sam this one throw away trash the serious sam one is infinitely better than than john wick and john wick 
could have been such a cool thing, but part of it is because in the John Wick game, you don't move. You stand in one place. Like, tell me which part of what we watched in John Wick where he was like, I'm going to stand in this room, take cover, and fire behind cover and shoot dudes as they close in. He, he does it for, like, two seconds before he move, moves Exactly. Forward. He does it to trap a person with their arm in his hand and break their arm so he can take their gun or something. Yeah. It's like nothing about this is John Wick other than, like the in-between level lobby where you go to the iconic hotel the continental and they're like look here's the fucking gold coin oh isn't that john wick oh we're gonna go up to the hotel step in the magic elevator isn't this so john wick like and there's like and it opens up very promising because when they when it opens and they're teaching how to play the game they put you in a shooting gallery and they're like you know you don't want to shoot civilians so they're like teaching you like guys will come up with someone with their gun up to someone's head and you're having to like just hip fire and pull off a crazy fucking headshot to shoot the dude in the head Mm -hmm. without hitting the civilian or, like, guys will come at you with shields, and you'll shoot them in the foot to make them drop the shield and then shoot them in the head. Yeah. Like... So, th- that seems like stuff that, like, he's doing in the movie. Totally. Yeah. Like, and so it opens up with that, and you're like, oh, this is going to get that vibe. Like, I, I've seen enough of the movie. I know this is the vibe. And then it turns into just dudes running at you. Like, it, it is not that different than a VR-fied version of the old Area 51 fucking quarter, pump quarters into a game. With it, with it they, like appear on screen and, and then, then they run towards you and then they stop and shoot and then you got to gun them down before they shoot you yeah like just dog shit not to mention like you're just firing 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 and then you're just reloading like there's none of the respect for the guns i feel like that the movie has you know what i yeah. mean like so awful i would i could uh, uh fuck i could not uh i would not recommend that is it, is it free no it's not. It's like twenty dollars. It's like actually on the more expensive side of those. I think things. you get it if you buy the four K, Blu Ray. That could be. But yeah, as far as Which like, great. it's just like, it's pretty disappointing. You can tell Starbreeze just kind of must have shit gotten that and contract and then shit it out. Yeah, so. which is too bad because like on paper you'd think, oh, Starbreeze and movie game that could work. Yeah, I mean they have a history of making that work real nice. So, but yeah, just you know, I mean I get it to some extent because i don't know maybe it wasn't that much money and vr games aren't going to sell a ton but still yeah. it was like it was it was one of the few things on vr that i feel like people were heard about and were like oh shit that might be really be cool because john wick gun shooting that makes sense but what a fucking letdown garbage you gotta do some straight garbage you gotta do some gun kata um i don't know i, was th- I thought oh i also tried this game called logic bots i won't say that much about it other than if you've ever wondered what it would be like to build a robot in like a competition and not like a cool competition like battle bots real robot competitions are more like science fairs yes how am i going to make a robot that can like literally the first mission the campaign is build a robot that can follow this curvy black line and never veer off the line and you have to literally with logic gates like if this then this with the circuit board build a fucking robot that can accomplish that and hook up so it's like a warning game yes you are literally wiring motors to the right circuits that's kind of neat if though. Then, yes it's totally like i feel like if i like i have a coworker who teaches in alameda who teaches uh high school robotics for like california robotics teams competitions where they do have to do things like make a robot that can navigate an obstacle course and then fire a ball through a hole okay if you were huh. someone that was doing that like that's this would be pretty neat for you because it, it totally is like a simulator for that hmm. but it is it is a game in the sense of there's objectives, but it is not like a build battle bots or like I'm going to build a robot that can fly in the air. It is a build a robot with realistic components that you might see someone build out of like an Arduino board or something like that. Does it give you some form of guidance on these Yeah, you things? can do tutorials that'll teach you how to do like the most basic functions and stuff like that. 
and, and it'll walk you through like what's a logic gate and stuff like that. And you, but I mean, it is like it it is a simulator to the point where like you can buy with your budget a light that you can hook up to your circuit board that will flash red to help you debug. Like like it'll give you like you know like a red light for debugging you know and stuff like that. Jeez. Like, yeah. So it is. It is definitely one of those games out there for nerds, right? It's not like a game that you're playing. I mean, it's fun, I'm sure, for some people. I found it it was more like playing Math Blasters or something. Like I was like, I am learning while doing this, and it is wrapped in a veneer of a video game. But man, it is definitely more like... Actually, I would say it's closer to playing old Microsoft Flight Simulators. Yeah. Some people think those are fun. But some people play them because they actually want to try and learn how to fly an airplane, you know? So, um, yeah, that was my weird Steam game of the week. I played a game for nerds too. Yeah, what game is that? Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh yeah, that game is fucking so much for nerds. <laughs> if you've ever horny super nerd. horny horny teens apparently. <laughs> can, can I fuck it? Yeah, there are a lot of things. I get the I, I mean, I don't want to go on the record or anything, but I get the distinct impression that there are a lot of things to fuck in Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah. I feel like I feel like yeah. It's in like, fact, I think I got a list of things to you could fuck that I wasn't allowed to talk about. Yeah, a, a friend of the show, Miranda Sanchez, said on Twitter that she spent a lot of her time playing that game, seeing who she could flirt with. I think, and you can flirt with just like random people, and and like not party members, but people that you meet. And maybe they'll be party members later. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I spent an hour and a half with Mass Effect Andromeda. You're both typing on your phones right now, and I find this intensely distracting. And Sorry, I know how hypocritical yeah. that is. I'm just. Like the second I started talking, both of you looked. Sorry, down. I'll, t- I'll text. <laughs> I'll text. I'll text when we take a break. Anyways, continue. Uh, we can take a break right now. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. All right. I want to hear about Mass Effect Andro- and still looking this, Andromeda. Andro- Andromeda. So I played an hour and a half of that game in a way that was maybe the worst possible way that they could make someone play that game. Yeah, I read your pre- your preview on Polygon. My my preview is softer on that game than my initial impressions were because I gave I'm giving it a lot of benefit of the doubt because it was not an ideal scenario for anything, um, and and i think that that made me feel more negatively about it than than i could factually support but <laughs> well ex- explain the scenario cuz that that's yeah so we walk we came in to this appointment and basically they played on the screen in at the front of the room like it's a room full of pcs with xbox one controllers or keyboard and mouse uh with the with the build installed but first they they play the first 10 or 15 minutes of the game on a screen in front of the room so they can control it and make everybody like see the same thing. Ah, now you're going to see, look at the sweeping stars. Yeah. Uh, so they do that and that's like, okay, some of that's interesting, but like, I, I don't know, watching people play mass effect is not the most amazing thing in the world. Uh, unless it's an E3 presentation, even then, hmm. yeah, maybe if it's the first time you're ever seeing it for the first time ever. Yeah. Like, uh, so, so there's that and then they stop for like five or ten minutes to get everybody's builds working yeah uh and they load us in where they left off okay and that's on the surface of a planet which is like the sort of introductory uh combat and movement tutorial section of the game and also like establishing some stories stuff but not a lot but basically it's just like here's the way the combat works now which is that it's not like a slam into cover system the way the previous mass effect games which were essentially using gears of wars gears of wars code uh to function uh it's not that kind of cover shooter anymore you just go to cover and theoretically you'll take it if you can um and the weapons feel totally different and not great 
in my experience with it so far that that could that could change like maybe. mushy yeah just not it's one of the i mean you can say a lot of shitty things about unreal engine 3 but it had gunplay from a third person perspective down pretty well and just the way that snap targeting works in that game it just feels very satisfying and very fast and that it the, the snap targeting this just doesn't work as effectively um and ideally the combat will be balanced around it i just didn't really didn't get a feel for that um so it's a bunch of combat uh and not really any powers, not really a variety of weapons, not a lot of choice as far as how you can do that stuff because it's the beginning of the game. Uh, and then it hits a story point and then we stop. And that's after about like half an hour. And they take it away from you and then load a new save that's like 12 to 15 hours into the game. Yeah. Uh, so in that 12 to 15 hours, I assume that there are dozens of tutorials and lots of things easing you into a collection of very complicated systems and mechanics. I didn't get any of that. So it's throwing you into the deep end without any swimming instructions and hoping that you float. Um, yeah, the game seems pretty system rich too, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, so like I go, they say, Oh, you should go to the crafting bench and check that out before you go onto the planet. I'm like, okay. And you go to the crafting bench and there's like a hundred different blueprints for a bunch of different kinds of guns and guns do different shit and you can put a ton of mods in them and make them do a bunch of stuff. Then once you research blueprints, you have to make the blueprints and it's really complicated. It's all really complicated and there's just like a ton of shit to do. Uh, there are a ton of people to talk to that I skip because I only have like an hour and a half to play this shit and there's just not time to dig into that game. Yeah. Uh, and, and the way like, the way that you would want to, the way that you need to, the yeah. way that that game demands, and so I go to the surface of this planet to investigate a plotline that I do not understand at all, that might as well not exist for the purposes of this because there's zero context for it and it's not set up in a way that makes sense because it's 15 hours into the game, and so I talk to someone and I do a thing and I go into it. I, get into a conversation and it doesn't go the way I want it to. So I have to sneak into a jail to get information from somebody anyway. And then they, part of the point of this demo was they wanted people to do the on planet exploration in the, the, the surface vehicle, which is sort of taking after the Mako stuff in the first game that they took out in subsequent mass effect games. But I could not figure out how to get to that part of the demo. Mm. Um, because the way it works is you're supposed to take this elevator down to the surface of the planet and that takes you to another area you're walking around in and it's not till you walk to the sort of outer door that you get into the vehicle that you call it down and there's no way for me to know that unless someone is telling me to do that like i've never done a tutorial like i've never done like all the hand-holding shit that a game like this does now to walk you through it and so my frustration with this game is just mounting it because I just literally do not know how to play it. And there is no effort whatsoever put forward in that demo to teach people how to play it because it's not a demo. It's just the fucking game. Yeah. Um, and so it's a game that demands like a pretty big chunk of time to play through and understand and enjoy. And they gave me like an hour and a half to try to see a bunch of shit that was disconnected and not, indicative of the total experience of it because mass effect and even dragon age are not games that are about their mechanics taken apart from everything else it's 
the full holistic sort of experience of those games, like every part of them together. When I think about Mass Effect 2 and 3, I don't even think about the combat sequences hardly at all. What I do remember is the conversations I had with people. Right. And like like the stuff that happens and the things that can happen that you either avert or allow to happen or make happen. Right. And so like to do combat and mechanics oriented stuff for this just did not make any sense. And to put me in a position where I can't make any decisions just did not make any sense to me. It it was like putting it on its weakest foot. It'd be like, show we're going to today we're going to show you gears of war one. It's an exciting new shooter, Microsoft exclusive. You're going to play this vehicle level in gears of war one. And just like, yeah. Um, but it was just like showing that game in the worst possible way that they could. And, and the thing that's confusing to me and like, this is going to be the second week in a row, we get a little inside baseball is that, they did preview events for Dragon Age Inquisition, which is a game that is very similar in a lot of respects. Of and they just let people play. Like, here's the beginning of the game. You've got six or seven hours. Knock yourself out. Right. And then you just give, if they're worried about spoilers, they just give an embargo that dictates right. story elements. And I got a fucking list of things that I couldn't talk about anyway. Mm. Just like I have a list of things from Zelda that I can't talk about. Yeah. And... It just, I don't understand. I didn't understand. It felt like a big waste of time. Yeah, this late in the game, for a title like that, for any game really, this late, like a month out, it just seems like you just say, here's the first four hours. You know, you just yeah. let it, it doesn't. Or I, I think especially like Especially if you're not going to handcraft a demo. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, if you're not going to handcraft a demo, like. And I get not handcrafting a demo, like not showing it, not feeding people a vertical slice a month before the game comes out. Fine. I get it. I do. But just removing mass effect from all it's all the good shit that makes mass effect what it is just seemed like a mistake to me yeah and even then like there's stuff in that game that is very suggestive of what i want from it like in the first section as you're going through the surface of this planet like that's extremely hostile as you try to sort of regroup with your crew you see like these alien ruins that are not created by the aliens that are fighting with you on the surface of this planet so they are there investigating these ruins. And I'm only saying this because this is like the first 15 minutes of the fucking game. So they're there and then you're there and then, and like something else was here a long time ago. That's cool. Um, which is like, that's a big part of a game like mass effect, like mass effect. The, the, the very premise of mass effect is that humans found alien technology that they should not have found and sling slingshotted themselves into alien politics and made it work. And that sort of sense of discovery and fiction building is like such a key part of Mass Effect. And that that seems like it's in Andromeda in a way that I'm really excited to explore. Do you have a ship that is your ship? Yes. Andromeda is, I think, the name of the ship. Okay. That's just, that's like an important component of it. I could be wrong. to have like my ship, my crew. Like if I get a name wrong or something, it's because I have fastidiously avoided preview coverage of this game. Like, I have stayed away from all the videos they've released. I've not been watching the trailers. I watched some of the PS4 Pro footage from last year because I was like, I have to see what this fucking game looks like. Towards the end of the year that they released, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to see what this fucking game looks like. But other than that, like, I've been trying to avoid as much as I can about this game. Yeah, I know so little about this game other than your brother and sister, right? Right. Like, I think I know that much. Which is the same thing I did with Dishonored, which is, it's just what I tried to do now. Like, me too. For the reasons Largely, that we talked about last I feel a little time. bit detached. I will. I don't feel detached. I just want to go in clean. Like, I don't want to be sold. And a big part of this, this preview thing we talked about last week, which is that there was a PowerPoint presentation. And, like, 
I like to watch announcement trailers, and that's about it for games a lot of times these days. Yeah, I just don't want to be. I don't want to be marketed to. I want to just take the if game. If it's a game I care about, a story. Dawn of War is a game. I've watched every video I could because I'm like still not mind made up about Dawn of War at sure. this point. So because it's, I, I mean, I don't, is it the same style of game? That's the thing, it's not. Are? And that's why I'm like, ah, I really oh, liked Dawn of War. I really like Dawn of War 2 a lot. And so they're why moving, they change they're moving more towards the original Dawn of War, like big giant armies and stuff, it looks like. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know don't do that. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if that's for me either. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I am very excited for Mass Effect, but I did not get a chance to see much of Andromeda that made me excited for the game. Like it, when I walked out of that appointment, I was worried. Like I was extremely worried because of how negatively I felt about everything that I had seen and played. I was like, this game does not control like mass effect. The shooting isn't good. The mo- the movement stuff is cool. Like you can run and you can jump now. Like there's a fucking jump. There's like a jet booster and that kind of stuff is cool. It, it leads sort of like interesting movement possibilities, but the melee combat is dog shit. At least it was in what I played. Look like it's that. really easy to take a swing and overcommit and just go in completely the wrong direction. Wasn't it not good in one or two either? I, I think that the pace of combat and the size of the battlefields in that made it so that you really didn't use melee combat unless you were absolutely sure you were going to hit. And the yeah. spaces that you're shooting in and maneuvering in, in this feel a lot bigger. Mm, okay. Um, and like the power stuff just didn't, didn't grab me and I didn't have access to much of it and the crafting stuff was like there's just way too much shit for me to pay any attention to True. it just was not all of it was discouraging hmm. um, and having some time to sort of digest it I feel less negatively but I think that I do not know anything to make me more excited about that game with the exception of like the alien civilization than I did before yeah um, so I just like there are definitely preview events I go to and I'm like, why, why am yeah. I here? Why is this happening? Sure. Like there are plenty of companies that don't do preview events for their games now. Yeah. Like, especially for games like this. Yeah. I feel like just, uh, you know, ten tangentially and anecdotally, I guess through my friends that still work in the press, I feel like I just don't hear about them in the same way. Like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like events used to happen all the time and stuff. And now I feel like it's much less of a thing. Yeah. There's a lot of, I think there's still direct, like, it's a lot of people just going to get direct feed, or, like, people don't write them up as much anymore. Yeah. And they're, but they're, like, they don't feel like events. Yeah. They're video ops, but they're not events. Yeah. Um, or, they're, or they're just an appointment for you yeah. to go, like, go get to... Get your a, section of feed. Yeah. Or go, go to a hotel, or go to a hotel room, play the game, and capture some footage, and then you go back. So, yeah. So, I, like, Fallout didn't have any preview appointments. Yeah. Doom never really got any preview appointments. Yeah, I mean, like, in all my years, I don't think I ever did a Bethesda appointment that wasn't at E3. Like, I went to their booth. I yeah. never had not Yeah, they're just never been... For, for, for better or worse. Yeah. You know. But Prey had it, which is weird. Yeah, Prey had... I, I mean, yeah, last week we talked about an hour of Prey. Um, which, it honestly, was a much better way to show that game. Like, with that game, I understand it more, because it's a game that has a lot more to prove. But this is three in the beginning. Right? Pardon? With Prey. They just threw you in. Yes. So could play I literally from the title screen. Yeah. So. Um, whereas this is, there's just like so much that it seemed like they didn't want people to touch. Um, mm. And that, that is also like at this, like at this point in our careers, I feel like we, like certain things just like, why can I touch this? 
Yeah. Why won't you let me touch this? I also feel like the Prey thing is smarter in a way because they had they showed it to you in February. They let you touch it. They let you play it. And that tells them, too, is our new player like experience. Is our on, is it, what's is our it, onboarding like? Yeah. yeah, they got to gather that from um, letting you try that. One thing I one thing they didn't let us play with, but they did show us that's kind of cool is that in Mass Effect, uh, the, the Mass Effect trilogy, they only did facial capture for, I think, the male Shepard. Like it was Mark Mir. And then everyone else was just animated. Yeah, everyone else was just made in the character creator. With this, they've done uh, facial capture for six different uh, people for both genders hmm. of every race, like sort of archetype that they offer. So depending on what you pick and then you sort of edit from there. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so every sort of ethnicity represented in the game has a sort of facial captured photogrammetric pho- photogrammetry driven face yeah. to, to start with, which is kind of a nice touch. That's, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, and it's like I that, mean, for as much as they show you third person and cutscenes and stuff. You right. And, and there's that. And also just like I th- the, the audience for Mass Effect, despite you know, the angry white guys is incredibly diverse. Sure. Um, and I think that it's cool that a lot of people will have more of an opportunity to see themselves in a way that doesn't make them look like something from monster factory. Does how you make yourself change the way that your other sibling looks? I believe so. Yeah. I, you can actually change your sibling independently. Okay. I was just wondering, cause I was like, just if, if you were trying to be like, Oh, they're my sibling that way it would be like, you know, you guys look more like or something like that. Um, but you can make like there's a relationship that develops over the course of the game with your sibling that like the decisions that you make and how they're they affect that start like almost within the first two minutes of the game <laughs> so james what did you play nothing i've yeah. li- uh, some dota games but i've been pretty busy i've got some sheets bought some sheets <laughs> lots of like sheets. a grown-up no no like, like for his bed for my bed did you get your new bed uh it's coming saturday Oh, that's exciting yeah that's uh, a big sound like that like that is a i got a cabinet too so i'm like for my for my tv in there what time do you wake up most days me yeah uh like seven yeah okay i was gonna say because around eight o'clock james always starts to turn into a pumpkin a little bit yeah that's i i got up uh i had a call this morning with some uh that with some people in another country so i was up very early also over the last several weeks we've had the same burgers for dinner which are delicious but <laughs> it's true between oh, that and the French fries and the milkshake, yeah, I do that. Uh, the milkshake. milkshake, I think, is the culprit. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's dragging me down. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, I get it, man. You got a got a fat belly. Um, I don't, I don't mean it like that. I just mean you know you got a lot of yeah. fat in your belly. Yeah, yeah, it's the di- digesting time. Um, <laughs> should we do some letters? Do we have any letters? Yeah, we got some letters. Eat dash sleep dash game dot com. Letters at eat dash sleep dash game dot com. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I should probably change, honestly, because that that URL just redirects to the Libsyn page now because WordPress is an insecure piece of shit. Last week, I haven't read this. Mike from Oregon. Uh-oh. Arthur speculated that Microsoft could unveil native 4K gameplay on the Scorpio during the E3 press conference. With the hardware needed to reach native 4K, how would Microsoft be able to keep the Scorpio to be somewhat competitive with the PS4 and PS4 Pro in terms of price? I truly hope that Microsoft can pull this off as they really need something to combat Sony taking him to school so far this gen. Well, is it is the hardware necessarily that much more expensive? I don't know. Um, I guess it depends on what version of AMD's stuff it is. 
That's mm-hmm. the question. And also whether or not Microsoft is willing to lose money on it. What they're the, what, what corners is it, what is the Xbox one cost right now? Two fifty, two ninety nine. You can get them for like two hundred at this point. If yeah, if I mean I don't see it being cheap. I could see it than, being like three fifty. I could see it being four hundred. I think it'll be four hundred. I think yeah. four hundred is like the low end of possibilities, but I think that that is what they'll shoot for. I think it will start at I four. guess if I can see a very crazy substantial improvement, like or like not even crazy, but a substantial improvement in my game, then I could be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Four hundred bucks. Sure. You know? But also if they if they get it four hundred bucks and the PS4 and it's that more much more powerful than the PS4 Pro, like that's a like that is a significant like haha. No fingers up. The, how much is the PS4 Pro? Four hundred. Oh, it is four hundred. Yeah. Okay. Which will go down the second they show Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah. And announce a price. Yeah, and they're going first, yeah. right? So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they were there was a price drop mid next year. I'm I wouldn't oh, I was gonna say it wouldn't surprise me if they have this is what we'll say. And if Microsoft says this, this is what we'll say. Oh, I don't think we're gonna get a price for Scorpio D three this year. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, you don't think so, even though it's no. coming out this year. You they think didn't we'll, get price. I, I think that it it was unexpected to get prices for the consoles when they at E three last year. So when do you think we would hear about the price? Uh, like probably August over the or summer. Something? Okay, uh, I could be wrong. Maybe we'll get it. Um, but the I don't know. The hardware in the Xbox One is considerably more powerful than the PS4 Pro. Let's see. Sorry, in the Scorpio. It's a. The yes, and Scorpio yes. is yes, but more, mem- more like GPU, CPU, RAM, Dylan. Mega, mega flops. Right, so it says teraflops. I was wondering if there is a certain standard the game media follows when it comes to spoilers. I was strolling oh. through Instagram the other day, and a person that I follow in games media posted screenshot after screenshot of just about every environment in Horizon Zero Dawn. I had to unfollow that person until I have a chance to play. Is it just me, or is this a little disrespectful to people who hadn't had a chance to play the game? I could see posting that stuff somewhere. People would have to seek it out, but this was in plain view. I personally wish games media didn't talk about games in detail until a week after release. This is Greg Miller. I don't listen to podcasts and follow media types to make informed decisions of the games I buy. I can make a decision for myself. I'm looking for water cooler talk with people I have the same interest I do. I know Arthur talked a bit about this last week, but I hope you guys could give all your thoughts where you stand on spoilers. Uh, well, one, for Instagram, you opt into following that person. So, exactly. Like, that's, that's my thought. That's like, no. I you, think you, that, you, you don't get to be like, oh, I'm following this person. I don't know. If you follow that person and most of their stuff is slice of life stuff, and then all of a sudden it's just like, here's everything from this game. It's, I you opt into following people on Twitter and people lose their fucking minds about spoilers on Twitter. I, and yeah. I unfollow people. Like yeah. I like I there's people at IGN uh, that I unfollowed because they they kept on spoiling stuff for Game of Thrones. And I was like I I don't stop. Okay, you, yeah. you you lie you lie. I don't. I I think once you cross a certain threshold of followers, you that, don't get the unfollow me excuse. Like I also you, think that people are way too fucking crazy about spoilers these days. Like. You say there's here's a picture of an environment from a game. Well, fuck off! It's a picture of an environment from a game. Yeah. It's a screenshot. I don't it might it be in a magazine. On, on the sort of context, like what if the environment is like a big story spoiler? Like, well, then then the person posting it shouldn't know fucking better. But like, I think just in general, like we should be conscientious about what we share, especially before a game comes I out. I suppose, but I just feel like if it's environment pictures most of the time, it's probably pretty harmless. It's no different than a spread in Game Informer. Yeah. Also, I, that game Except, has a... In Horizon Zero Dawn, it has a photo mode, so that's why I like people were posting stuff like that. It's sure. because it's like, 
yeah, they, they, people were like, oh, look at these cool photos I took in the game. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to post. I don't know. I feel like if posting environment is a spoiler of a game for you, unless it's like something critical, like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm having a hard time even thinking of that. Like, you go, it's a sequel, and you go back to some area or something that's like a significant story. But pictures of environment to me are not very spoilery. Like, telling who fucking killed who or a story plot point. But environment to me. Yeah, if you went... If Horizon Zero Dawn becomes a time travel story and, like, you're in New York, like... Before everything happens. Yeah, like, okay. We don't know that that's what Horizon is. No. We're not saying that's what Horizon is. James is just fucking James thought of a, a prime example yeah. that could be... I, I was like making some shit up. It's up. like a massive cliche for a sci-fi game like that. Yeah. Right. Like, if someone posted videos showing me fucking Titanfall about swapping, like, the, the environment swapping stuff yeah. that it does, like, that would be spoilery to me. Oh, but if oh, I, oh, but guess what? People were doing that like the week of. There's some people in games media that totally did that, and that's right, why which I just, shitty. Yeah, like, yeah. like don't do that. Like that, don't. that I totally I mean, get. But to like, answer his question, though, there's no standard, and no, there shouldn't be. Absolutely, people can not. do whatever the fuck they want with their media. Like yeah. it's their account. Yeah. I, I usually I just think that it's like lazy writing not to write around spoilers because I think that it, it only takes a little bit of effort to write about a game's premise and of sort course. of support I mean, your if, points. If your preview is a blow-by-blow, blow, you're just being shitty anyways. I think reviews fall prey to that, too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of reviews that are just like, here's everything that happens, it, except for the ending. And I think there's also room for you to do spoiler stuff, but you have to, like, clearly mark it as such. And maybe <laughs> make, make a case. If you're doing video content, maybe make a video that's like, hey, here's all the stuff that, like, we didn't want to put in the review, but we didn't want to talk about. Like you, yeah. that's totally reasonable. I think you, anything, if you're going to talk about spoilers, make it, make the content opt in, not mm-hmm. just your feed. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Yeah. So I think posting stuff like that on Instagram is maybe too far. Like if you've got 60,000 Instagram followers, I think posting spoilers from a game that's not out for spoilers. Yes. But shitty. that's what I'm saying. I don't know if an environment shot really counts. No, personally. Uh, because like I said, I just feel like some people get crazy about it. I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. It's like, you'll be fine. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Tyler says, I was listening to the most recent podcast and his, his I have a problem with his title. His, he says, my most depraved video game moment. And I was like, depraved? Oh, he's going to have done something fucked up. But he didn't. It's not that at all. He says, I was listening to the most recent podcast about replaying portions of the game. I was a teenager at the time. And playing through Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and I had put a good number of hours in the game. I was making my way through the Thieves Guild quest, and one of them was so glitched, so badly that it stopped all forward progress. I tried earlier saves, but nothing could rectify the situation, so I had a terrible choice to make. Either I was going to stop playing the game right then and there, or I was going to replay it, all of it, to catch up to where I was. So I sat there for 20 hours playing the game to catch up. I love that game, but to this day, I look back at those hours with shame and regret. He says, what is your most depraved game moment? That's not depraved. That's, yeah, that's not depraved. That's that's maybe depressing. And re- re- your regrets but depraved i thought he was going to be when he said oh, it was like what you like gathered all the bodies into like one area and then like and rolled around stripped them in their clothes or something yeah i, was I like, brought oh. all the cabbages to you my lady exactly like there wasn't some weird it puts the lotion in the basket <laughs> moment or something it was just i get that i mean if dota? i dota yeah yeah i mean all I, of my time with dota yeah probably the time i spent 14 hours one time playing everquest straight in one dungeon that was about the size of arthur's apartment and just sat there killing the four things that would spawn with my two roommates. And we sat there for, like, literally, we did not stop for 14 hours killing, like, the same six things and then waiting, like, 15 minutes for them to respawn. Kill six things, wait 15 minutes. And we did that to try and get a scepter to drop, and we played until it dropped. 
and I didn't have food, so I made boiled rice. That was all I could eat was I had plain rice to eat and just fucking sitting there in my own stink for 14 hours hoping this thing would drop. And then it dropped, and you know, it wasn't that great. But I, did, I sat there and did it for 14 hours. Yeah, Dota. So. Nothing in a game has ever been worth what you did no. for that. No. Unless it was the Nintendo World Championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe if I had gotten a fifty thousand dollars card out of it or something, yeah, that's but different. Was, no, there was no money gained from Nothing this. There was you did only was shame. <laughs> there was only shame. Not a video game has been made that was worth what you gave that game. Yeah, my friend Joe, I'm going to name him. He one time playing EverQuest as well, farted and he's like, "I might have shit my pants," but he didn't get up because he's like, "I probably didn't." And then he got up like six hours later from playing EverQuest, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I totally shit my pants six hours ago." <laughs> So there you go. That's <laughs> depravity right there. That's gross. Uh, let's see. Okay. Charles writes in, or Charlie, and he's going to Vietnam to teach English. He says, I've managed to keep track of some friendships with online games, but I suffer from awful internet. Do you have any suggestions for multiplayer games that are not bandwidth intensive? Bandwidth? Bandwidth intensive. Civilizations? Yeah, maybe something that you could turn based things would be nice. Maybe. I don't know. At least then you could like fucking email chess. I mean, if it's like server side stuff typically isn't that bandwidth intensive. Like stuff like Dota and League aren't bandwidth intensive necessarily. They just need reliable, steady connections yeah. uh i would say stuff like minecraft is sometimes a good option because it doesn't yeah. really matter like it's server i mean you may have server side ping but it's like it's anything that's sort of a cooperative construction experience yeah uh, that's probably uh oh what was um the the space game that you're playing oh astroneer astroneer um any any survival games like that that are yeah maybe don't starve or something yeah um yeah, I mean, competitive games are going to be a problem just because if the ping gets really high, you're going to mm-hmm. struggle no matter what. Um, <sighs> Vermintide? Uh, maybe, well, yeah, maybe, mm, although that game, that if you start like lagging out, you might get fucked. Yeah. Uh, hey, Andrew Mann wrote in. Andrew Mann, who I said had a handshake like a motherfucker and crushed and he says man i'm so sorry about that there's actually a short backstory behind this i just graduated with a business degree and entered the corporate world two years before i met you guys i was surrounded by a bunch of alpha asshole male motherfuckers who acted like i was such a loser and child for being a gigantic nerd who played video games listened to video game podcasts and kept a bumblebee figure at my desk i also the last felt part's probably not the greatest idea i also felt constantly judged and felt as if i need if as if my handshake was too limp when i decided to add some stank to the shake I guess my subconscious <laughs> desire to destroy them so all like led to an overcorrection, and that created my Trump-esque handshake. I have since toned down the crushing. It's also worth noting that my employer hired a flood of gamer nerds, both guys and girls, not long after I met you guys, so my work life turned out pretty great in short order. Also, I'm not quite half Mexican, but Anthony was close. I'm half Thai, half German. But living in Texas, I am mistaken for Hispanic frequently. I apologize. So, I did make an assumption. Hmm. Um... But yeah, that makes all the more sense, right? Yeah. Of why that would end up being like that, you know? I, I le- I'm glad we got that detail. That's the, that's like, that's, not, that's a nice thing to know. Yeah. I mean, I remembered Andrew for more than that. Yeah. But I just remember when I shook his hands, I was like, that's a firm ass handshake. But because like, people remember that. Yeah. Which is like, it's the f- I guess that is the power of a handshake, right? Yeah. No, Trump's doing it right, apparently. You got to yank motherfuckers. Uh, 
No, he's doing it wrong, though, because people... You know, <laughs> no, of like, course he is. No, don't ever say he's doing it right. Don't even joke about that. Uh, Do we, we joke about Justin Trudeau's handshake with him? Oh, yeah, that was perfect. We all saw it. Yeah. We all saw uh, it. The, the new joke that I'm seeing is that he's meeting with the Prime Minister of India, mm-hmm. and that, like, there's this, this picture going around of Prince William meeting the Prime Minister of India, and they shake hands, and there's a picture of that. And then it cuts away to the two of them standing next to each other. And you look at the hand that, of Williams that he shook. And it's got like the, this white handprint in it. And everything around it is red. Like his <laughs> hand is bright red except where the hand was shook. It's like his hand has been crushed by a robot. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Um, Brian writes in and he says... Anyway, I was wondering what reveal over all these years of our show made you lose yourself in the moment? What trailer or game reveal did you see that made you express more emotion than normal and did it live up to your expectations? Probably Fallout 4. Fallout 4 was definitely one Arthur was way too excited about. Yeah. Yeah. It it was definitely that year because that year had a lot of stuff. Like Doom was that year. Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil, too. Maybe a little bit for me. I mean, and that obviously has not lived up to my expectations. I mean, that's been a roller coaster of emotions. For but I'm you. just saying, when when Ubisoft finally showed a trailer that won E3 randomly, uh, the and watch- I was like, "Is this fucking happening?" I mean, the Watch Dogs trailer was a pretty big deal. Yeah, um, it's so for me. Like, I usually sign a bunch of fucking NDAs, and I so know you see stuff every I, week. I see a lot of. I know a lot of stuff that's coming before it happens. Uh, which ruins a lot of the surprise. Like, it's cool to see the trailers because I usually haven't seen the assets yet. But it, like, because I'm booking shows and sometimes they like they I need to know ahead, stuff ahead of time that like I I literally can't tell. I couldn't tell other people in the press what I saw. I saw. I think Dead Island was one. The yeah. first time I saw the Dead Island trailer, I was like, this fucking game. Yeah, that, that trailer. I, I was like, holy fuck! I want to know. I I just want to know everything I can about this <laughs> game. And then that game ended up being. The silly game that was like, we're going to kill the bitch zombies or whatever yeah. it is. Like, yeah, dro- Dropkick zombies in the no, face. No, but it had some fucking dumb rap song or somebody that would call it like all the zombies bitch. I mean, that game Wasn't was Wasn't like up. the notes for the female character like feminist whore or something like that? I mean, yeah, they, that, that game was all kinds of fucked up um, behind the scenes. I'm just saying that the trailer led you to believe I'm about to play this intense zombie game that's going to make uh, me feel. And it's like, no. You know, there was like a specific year that was full of them. Uh, 2000 two or three i think 2003 was half-life 2 halo 2 and doom 3 yeah um and all of those were fucking mind-blowing i'll say too the first time i went to lucasfilm and lucasarts at the time and saw the reveal trailer and the announcement for Force the old republic oh yeah, yeah and they sh- and they showed that fucking crazy blur blo- trailer yeah. and i was in the theater for it and i was like fucking a and yep. then they immediately like, and here's the actual game for you to check out. And I was like, no, no, I'm already disappointed. It was so cartoony and not crazy. And it was just like, and I was like, oh, and it's wow. Fuck. Um, like, recent memory, uh, Last of Us Part 2 uh, or Chapter 2 or whatever it's called. Yeah, sure. Like that, that was, that was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The tech demo for the Indiana Jones game that never got made either mm. fucking blew me away when I saw it just because of the crazy physics and stuff that were going on. I was like. That is bonkers. Yeah, I just think like uh, Watch Dogs and The Division were two trailers where everyone was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that and, was definitely a, oh, this is next gen. Yeah. Holy shit. Was it uh, Was it the one, was that the door closing trailer? In the Division, yeah, where yeah. he just like was moving along the side of the, the car and just like. Yeah. 
and close the door, which th- is in the game. Yeah. It's in the game. You do it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Little tiny things. I mean, with an animation like that, yes, you're going to fucking do it every time you come across the door. You think that they're going to not use that animation? But there, was, the there wasn't like a bunch of other things Contextual like that. animations like that in, in games nowadays are one of those things that is increasingly immersive for me. Like, like you see it a lot in... Uh, Naughty Dog's games, and you even see it in Resident Evil. Like also, in it's so when you luxurious. Walk to, when you walk up to a wall, and your creature goes, and your character goes to a window, he's running, and he puts his hand up to brace himself at it when he gets to it. And you're like, "Fuck, that's cool!" Like, it's just such a dumb touch. Where you throw yourself through a door as opposed to just like, yeah, and you hit it in a way, and you're like, "Oh, they actually there is a separate animation," for, or rather, the door didn't just open. Like little things like that, you're like, especially like as someone who's worked on some games and we've had conversations like fuck should your hand reach out and grab this and you're like fuck no that's way too much time and you're like man that is it's like arthur said that is luxurious someone and just like the the hardware budget for stuff like that like even five years ago it was like no we cannot do that yeah it's it's little things like that are increasingly impressive so i have no doubt that like like i don't know and i guess I still see trailers that I'm always... I was surprised when I saw a Dawn of War 2, 3 trailer. Because, again, Dawn of War 3 and Company Wars 2, two games I didn't... Well, Dawn of War 3 more, but Company Wars 2 certainly never expected to get ever. I think, uh, as a counterexample, a trailer for something I saw that made me totally uninterested, uninterested for a game in a way that changed when I played it was Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. So the trailers for that game were terrible. Yeah, I was like, who cares? What? I was like, who cares? So dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the Battlefield 1 stuff I was totally turned off by. Oh, yeah, that was a game. Like, where I was like everything around Battlefield 1, like, in its reveal last year before E3, I was like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Yeah. It, there's You have a giant Twitch event for a trailer that's just a bunch of pieces <laughs> of cutscenes. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I really thought I was going to hate that game. I me was too. ready to hate that game. I was, too, after Battlefield 3 and 4. Like, I just was not feeling it, and... Ended up, poop on that game and ended up really 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 enjoying that game yeah. i don't know there are definitely reveals that still happen that get me very excited but i think that there will be some this year trailers are hard like well yeah because the first thing you have to debate is are we going to show gameplay yeah. i wonder if we're moving away from the era of the trailer though no it's they, like it's like a lot of the games that microsoft showed last year that people were excited for weren't things where there were a particularly effective trailer like sea of thieves yeah. Oh, yeah. That just a gameplay demo. Well, they're they're all doing the Ubisoft like game like I'll say th- game demo with like contrived act- actor cooperative with- experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this: the game trailer that got me more excited. You know, like I did not give a shit about Halo Wars two. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Halo Wars one, but you know what made me actually want to look into Halo Wars two was it the commercials? Was the dumb commercials? The, the, the dumb commercials. The dumb Halo commercials Wars that never so showed good. the game. It never showed the game. It's all like blur. No, it's no, it's, it's literally I, li- it's a live actor and a CG guy. Let's stop for a second and let James watch at least one of these. Okay. okay. All right, we're back and and James watched one of them. You should you should you should all look them up. They're very funny. <laughs> Yeah, they're just... They're, they're just, totally unexpected. They're adorable, and uh, like I said, nothing to do with... The, I mean, tangentially, they are to do about Halo Wars. Strategy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, but it's just... Uh, the characters and the writing is just really good. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say about a commercial, but... Kudos to whoever at Microsoft decided to take that instead of trying to just make a CG thing that was like Warthogs blowing up or and something like, like something that. like dramatic and, and meaningful quotes. Yeah. I mean, Halo's... As a franchise, 
has usually had pretty fucking good commercials. And I loved the live action stuff they did for three. Like that was fucking and reach. And yeah. And reach like those were fucking so good. But like all the stuff they did with halo three, where it was like the post-war battles with like veterans who served yeah. with master. Chief all that stuff. stuff was really well executed. It's just like that. We've seen it. Yeah. And seen it and seen it to the point where everyone else has ripped that stuff off. Like, which I mean, that's a sign of its success, but it's also like that is played out. And the only yeah. way to do it well now is to poke fun at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, really cool. Um, so those are some cool trades you can go see. It's not really a reveal like that guy asked about, but still fucking good. Uh, the reveal of infinite warfare, I think this last year, cause it was at least a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it was like, space yeah it was it was the moment that that when we talked about on the show of like going into space like going from ground to space i was like oh that that's cool like oh oh, that yeah that specific thing yeah yeah. totally yeah it just surprised me in a way that i like i enjoyed that game which weirdly enough like now i've been watching the expanse oh uh, yeah like that game is very much influenced by the expanse do you you think influence is a nice way of saying it yes (laughs) Ah. Well, Fair enough. Well. You know, some of the best, highest rated games out there by press and people such as Red Dead are basically just verbatim copies of other things. Tombstone and... Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, Tombstone. What a great bad movie. It is... It's hammy as fuck, yeah. but it's got so many amazing over-the-top performances. Well, yeah, and it's it's definitely one of those movies that, like, for 50 years from now, people will still quote, you know, just... And... Yep. Yeah, no, great Val Kilmer. Before that, that, the cast in that movie is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and there's some serious mustache going on. Serious mustache, powerful mustache. <laughs> just so. hits you in the hits you right in the face. Like, wow. I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, like how long it's been since like you could legitimately take someone serious for like a senatorial presidential position who had a fucking giant stash and beard. Like you know, Theodore Roosevelt had a mustache. Yeah. That might have been one of the last presidents to have a mustache. Oh yeah, but but That's like, point. but like you know, you go back and look at the must like some of the the first twenty presidents. Some of those dudes just had like gnarly beards down to their belly button. Yeah, just like wow, like you, I could never see a person like that running nowadays. The winters are cold, and just like being taken serious because you know it's just yeah. different time, not not viewed with the same level of respect in that way. But just nowadays, you just see that guy and be like, gross. <laughs> so, What's in there? Yeah. Just a weird thing to think about. Keeping a rat in there? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Gross. Uh, don't keep rats in your beard. Take good care of your beard. Your beard will take good care of you. Axis natural it. sunblock. Yeah. With wash shampoo. your fucking face. There's also like... I actually put some in this Beard morning. oils? Beard, I put some beard oil on today. Sure. And make sure to, to moisturize the skin underneath the beard. Yeah, because I've noticed sometimes that I, I like scratch my beard and I see flakes and I'm like, yep. I don't have dandruff in my head, but I have beard dandruff. I do I do uh, a like face moisturizer every morning. Of course you do. But it's also for like just uh, for pores and stuff like that because I get shitty blackheads and stuff like that. So it helps with that. I don't really have acne problems. I just get dry skin. Um. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for managing to stay awake, James. Post milkshake and make in early morning. Maybe, maybe we should uh, cut. Out, I'll cut out the milkshake next time. Look, oh. man, it's it, the milkshake is opt in. Much more so than Instagram spoilers. You make that choice. That's true. Order milkshake, or yeah, maybe next time you can just have a whole bowl of mac and cheese. Not only do you make the decision, like when I asked, there was like a hint of judgment in my voice when I asked. Yeah.
do you want a milkshake? And I was like, yes. And you're like, do you want a banana? And I was like, yes. M- banana milkshake? Uh, it was it's a vanilla, vanilla milkshake with bananas in it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, speaking of next week. I don't we will not be recording next week. And then I will be not, will not be in the week after that or the week after that. James is going to go to South by Southwest. Pax East. Pax East. I almost went to Pax East, but not quite. Mm. So, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll have shows for you at some point. Go enjoy your new Nintendo Switches. Send us letters with your impressions. And uh, maybe they'll get read. Otherwise, just keep on asking questions and keep on keeping on. Andrew Mann, shake your hands <laughs> oh out there. And do what you need you to. You sound like a 70s DJ. <laughs> All right, everybody. We're going to send you off with a nice little tune. This one's from a hot new band coming out of the Bay Area. We'll see you later. We are out. That's K95XM. The bomb. Did you want to do social media things, too? Oh, yeah. You can find us at Chuff Money. Uh, all of us are at Chuff Money. <laughs> yeah. I'm at Chuff Money. Arthur's at A-G-I-E-S. James is at James underscore Faulkner. And Matt, who's not here, is at Talking Orange. You can go to Polygon.com to read the stuff that Arthur's doing. Over to Twitch.com. And even though you won't overtly see Twitch. anything, Twitch. TV. Fucking <laughs> there. Why are you so bad at this? Twitch.tv. Because I don't host anything anymore. Um, Twitch.tv. Yep. So, and then, uh, yeah, that's it. Go check out things on the internet. Be good boys. I love you. Boys and girls. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.